All right, so something that I have recently decided to do is to do more Facebook Live trainings. Um, and then I'm going to take them and put them either on YouTube or in on the podcast so that people can listen to the audio. If you would like to watch them live or submit questions, I would encourage you to join the Prolific Author community on Facebook. You can find it at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the prolific author. So that's what you will be listening to today, my latest Facebook Live, and I hope you enjoy it. Let's hop in. Hey guys, how's everyone doing? Welcome to the live today, where we are going to talk about how to get more reviews, more downloads, and more royalties on every book that you write. Um, can somebody let me know in the comments if you can hear me okay and see me okay and everything's working just so that I know from your end that it looks good. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think if we have any orders of business before we get started. I don't think so. Um, so the thing about, uh, <laughs> getting more reviews, getting more downloads, being more successful as an author is that. There are a lot of ways to go about doing that, okay? We could go on and on and on, hundreds of different ways to go about increasing those things. But you also need to make sure that at the core, things are working for you in your story. There are certain things that authors don't always take into account that could be the problem, and it's sort of the bedrock that needs to be in place before you do all the rest. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. It's something that lots of people don't think about. And then they get really confused and really frustrated when they go to publish their book and it doesn't work as well as they would like. Okay. So let's just dive right in. Um, I'm going to make these a little bigger. There we go. So um, I'm going to say something that might be a little controversial. I might get a little bit of pushback for it, but there is a right way and a wrong way to write stories. Okay. There really is. Now, before you jump down my throat about that, let me uh, tell you what I mean. I'm not talking about plotting versus pantsing. That's not what I mean at all. <laughs> um, and I'm not even talking about templates or, you know, which really comes down to outlining versus pantsing. The thing is, people in our space like to say that you should not adhere to any particular story structure, okay? That you should go wherever the muse takes you and be very free with your creativity. Now, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, especially when you're starting out, you know, just learning how to write stories, or um, if you're just writing for yourself, kind of noodling around, that's fine too. But only if you're not planning to make money on your writing, okay? If you are someone who wants to treat your writing like a business, make money off your book sales, and perhaps eventually live off your royalties, then there's definitely a right, wrong, a right way and a wrong way to approach creating your story, Okay. Um, I'm not going to sit here and try and convince you that any particular system or template is the right way to go. Again, that's not really what I'm talking about here. Okay. It's really not about templates. Um, I'm not going to tell you use the hero's journey or use the virgin's promise or, uh, save the cat or story grid or any of those, even my own, you know, I have 10 plot points that I use my essential plot points that you can get in a PDF, but that's again, I, I'm not going to tell you to use that to write your story. That's not what I mean. Let me ask you this. Um, do any of these things apply to you? When you launch a book, a new book, do you kind of launch to crickets and not get very many sales? When you get reviews, are they a little mediocre? Do you have a hard time drumming up very many readers or sales? If this describes you or has been you in the past, let me know in the chat. Put yes in the chat if this is something that you've experienced before. 
maybe um, when you've done this, you've tried a few things to fix it. Like for example, you've posted more often on social media about your book. And even if you're not posting buy my book, buy my book, you know, you have a more tasteful, comfortable way to post about your book on social media. Um, you do various things to get more reviews. You know, you can try to grow your email list. You can, there are various, various services um, like blog tours or Booksprout to try and get uh, more reviews, or you can, you know, use your own list of uh, beta readers, that sort of thing. Or then there's my favorite <laughs> that people tell you to do is uh, write the next book in the series. Um, I understand why they tell you to write the next book in the series, because obviously the more practice we get, the more writing hours we get, the more we improve. However, I would be careful about doing that, especially if the book you already have published is not working for you yet. Now, we do need to acknowledge that the problems here, you know, not very many downloads, not very great reviews yet, not very many reviews yet, that could be a marketing problem. You know, when you start out, you have a small audience. So of course, if you only have five people on your email list, you're not gonna get very many reviews right out of the gate, right? <laughs> but I'm talking about if you do have a little bit bigger audience, it doesn't have to be huge. If you have even, you know, a few dozen or a hundred people on your email list or more, if you are already on book two and have put out book one and you still don't have very much umph, you're still not getting very good reviews, you're still not getting very many downloads or reads, you have a problem, okay? And chances are, if that's the case, it's not a marketing problem. Once something is working, then you definitely want to use marketing to get more visibility because it's the digital age. There's a lot of competition out there. We, need, we do need to take pains to make sure that our book is visible to the right readers, okay? But if you have a more bedrock problem, you know, in the foundation of your book, then throwing money at it is not going to make a difference. All it's going to do is lose you money and you're still not going to get more sales and you're still not going to get awesome reviews, okay? So this is what I'm talking about. Making sure that your bedrock is solid before you kind of try the marketing aspect of it out, okay? Okay, so once again, um, I understand why they tell you to write the next book in the series and from a practicing, practicing your writing standpoint, that is good advice. But from a selling your book standpoint, it isn't always, okay? The reason being that um, throwing money at something that isn't working is not going to get you anywhere. So if book one is not working and you might not understand why it's not working, but if it isn't, and then you write book two and it's more of the same, you're just gonna get more of the same, which is hardly any sales, hardly any reviews, all of that, okay? So what is my point here? This is all to say that writing psychology-based transformational stories is the best and perhaps only way that you can build a fiction empire that will sustain you, okay? So unfortunately, there are quite a few authors out there who have published one, maybe several books, and they don't get very good traction. Uh, they don't get make very many sales. Uh, they don't get very good reviews. And these are the people that kind of throw their hands up and say, okay, you can't make money doing this. Now, there could be, again, a lot of reasons for that. Maybe their marketing is not dialed in, and so they're just not getting the visibility, but that's fixable, okay? But the problem is sometimes it's not the marketing. Sometimes their blurb is great. Their cover is genre specific. Um, you know, they have everything right that should make or entice the reader to buy the book, but it's still falling flat, okay? And when that's the case, it's a problem with the story or with the writing. Now, most of the time when we say it's a problem with the writing, most people think of grammar, um, typos, maybe even passive voice. 
but I'm not even necessarily talking about that. Okay, that of course is important. If you have all kinds of typos, you're gonna hear about it from the readers. They're not gonna to wanna to buy any more books from you. I mean, that's definitely true. But what if your book is actually pretty well edited and doesn't have hardly any typos in it? We still could be talking about a problem beyond that. That's why I keep kind of drilling down. I mean, the highest level is gonna be figure out your marketing. Below that, uh, make sure that your metadata, your cover, your blurb, that that's good. Below that, make sure that it's well edited in terms of grammar and mechanical errors, right? But what about below that? Below that is really the bedrock. And that is your story. You need to make sure that you're writing psychology-based transformational stories. What does that mean? I always talk about the human template. And what I say is that all human beings absorb story in exactly the same way. And we do understand from a psychological point of view how what that way is and how they absorb story. So you don't have to change your story. You don't have to force your story into a template. You just have to take what you have and communicate it to the reader in a way that their brain will automatically click with it, will automatically um, you know, just kind of jive with it and connect with it and it will give them an emotional response, okay? Because that's what you want. You're really trying to manufacture catharsis, which is just a fancy way of saying, you gotta make your reader feel something, okay? And of course, having clear writing, having no typos, having um, you know, these different aspects, of course that will definitely help, but even that is still on the surface. That is the vehicle in which you are delivering the story, but what about the story itself? You need to base it in human psychology and create transformational stories. And there's four basic steps to doing that, which I'm gonna go through here. Um, and give you an idea of what needs to be there in order for this to happen, in order for you to create these stories. The first one is that you need to understand what is going on beneath or underneath what the reader sees. Now, let's flesh this out a little bit. What you can't see for the structure of anything is always more important than what you can see. This is true in house building, right? Um, you usually don't see the frame of a house after it's built, okay? It's covered up with other materials. You theoretically could take something like sheetrock and either uh, fasten it together with nails or with some other form of adhesive, you know, to make it stay together and stand it up. And it really would stand up. You could do that. But without the inner frame, <laughs> if you leaned against the wall, if you tripped and fell into the wall, if you even kicked a relatively light ball into the wall, the entire house is going to fall down, okay? The framework is what keeps it up. It keeps it um, sturdy and cohesive, and it keeps it together. It makes it so that it's not flimsy. It's, it's what is the most important part of the house, okay? This is also true in recipe making, and I've used this example before on the podcast. When you see something that has been baked, a baked good, a cake, a cookie, you know, what have you, you're only seeing the final product. You are not seeing everything that went into it. And if you take out one of the ingredients that went into it under the surface, like flour or eggs or, you know, pick your poison, it's not going to turn out right. The entire thing is going to look weird and the texture is going to be off and the taste is going to be weird and it's just not going to work. Okay. So what you don't see is far more important than what you do see. This is also true of horror, the genre in general. Um, a very common sort of uh, philosophy of horror is that what you don't see is way creepier than what you see. Okay, so just hearing the footsteps is creepier than actually seeing the person walk down the hall, that sort of thing. Well, as you can probably imagine, this is true of your fiction as well. I teach internal over external, right? 
And the thing is that the reader does not usually see the internal, or at least not all of it. They catch glimpses of it here and there, and they might even be able to talk about it a little bit in terms of what they actually see in the story, but they don't see the overall framework, the internal framework, okay? They only see the external plot, and that's what it's supposed to be. Like, nothing wrong with that. You just have to acknowledge that that is the case. You, as the author, you need to craft the internal and convey it in a subtle way, knowing that the audience is not going to see the complete picture, okay? So then you may ask, well, if the audience isn't gonna see the complete picture, then what's the point of the internal? Again, without it, the entire story, that includes character, plot, world, dialogue, everything will fall flat. Just like the house without the frame is gonna fall over and be flat, okay? Exact same thing. So you have to have the foundation, you have to have the framework and the internal framework believe it or not, is the biggest driving force for the story, okay? So you need to understand what that is and you need to use it to craft what happens in the story. That's step number one. Step number two is character transformation. Now, most of us kind of know about what this is. We all know that we need to have dynamic characters that change from the beginning to the end of the story, right? You've heard that before. And again, this is something that I've said before, but even though I would say 99% of authors do plan this into their story, they have a character that changes. At the same time, it's not as detailed as it should be, okay? Most authors I have worked with, when I ask them what their character transformation is, they just give me a blank stare. They have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, and then when I, you know, okay, well, how is the character gonna change? You know, kind of explain it to them a little bit. They can give me something, but it's pretty much, a one sentence answer, okay? It's it's relatively simple. And it's not that that's wrong, but you're leaving so much on the table when you do that, okay? You should have a relatively, I don't wanna say complicated, but it needs to be well thought out and it needs to be extremely dynamic. And I'm just a fan of complicated stories. So I'm not saying you have to make it complicated if that's not what you write, but at the very least, it should be very strong. It should have a lot in it, you know, there's a lot to it, not just a simple one sentence change, okay? That is something that is very important and you need to understand among other things, what the character's misguided belief is, what their backstory is and how to sprinkle aspects of that journey of change um, into every single chapter and scene. Um, that may sound a little bit complicated, but it's not if you know how to do it and have the, the right uh, processes for getting that done, okay? So that's step number two. Step number three, you need to interweave the internal and the external. So after you have planned the internal framework, and of course you have to plan your plot out and figure out what's going on in the story, you need to weave them together. And again, most people don't really do this. For most people, their plot is a series of events that are all stitched together. And then whenever they think about it, they'll throw in aspects of the, the, the change the character goes through, okay? I'm not going to say that that's not common among authors. I'm not going to say that I haven't done my stories that way in the past when I was, you know, a very, very amateur writer, but that is actually the mark of a very amateur writer. Okay. Your plot should not be a series of connected events. It should be um, things that are interconnected so deeply that they're inevitable that it happens that way, okay? They should be uh, cause and effect, which I'll talk about more in a minute, and leading to an inevitable conclusion. So it should feel like when you get to the climactic moment that you are never going to end up anywhere else, no matter what, okay? 
And then you have your internal and you need to weave that in, in a way that makes them very, very entangled. So it's not, here's what's happening in the plot. Oh yeah. And here's what's happening with the change. Okay. Rather the internal, no, let me start again. The external events of the plot need to force the character to deal with their internal issue. And the character's internal issue, including their backstory and their misguided belief, is going to drive how they react to the external events, okay? This is how you get a character that is so distinctive that they are jumping off the page and readers will remember them and will remember them in detail because they understand that they'll probably phrase it as this is the character's personality. And that's true to a certain extent, but really, more than that, it has to do with backstory. It has to do with how they view the world. It has to do with this misguided belief, okay? And you need to be able to weave these two things together to make a really strong, cohesive story. That kind of story is the story that readers will gush about online, will leave you awesome reviews, and will tell all of their pals about it, okay? So that's what we're going for. And finally, like I said, we need to talk about cause and effect. So once again, um, the elements of the plot should not just be loosely woven together. They need to have a cause and effect to trajectory. So there's this common idea or this common image I think we have in our heads that we can put all of the major plot events of our story onto, you know, three by five cards and then move them around into different sequences to try and figure out the timeline of our story. Once again, I'm not going to say that I haven't used this a long time ago, but, and a lot of amateur writers do, but there is a fundamental flaw to doing your story that way, to planning it that way you should not be able to move around the you know, larger um, events of your plot and still have them make sense. If you're doing that, you're not doing cause and effect and you're not entangling the internal and the external, okay? Because like I said, your plot should not just be a series of connected events. It should be that one leads to another in a domino effect. So it's not this happens, then this happens. It is this happens, therefore this happens. Um, so that's the way that you need to have it. And if you don't have that cause and effect, it makes for a less cohesive story. And then it, really, if any of these are not present, you end up with a somewhat mediocre story. And of course, it's not mediocre to you. Of course, it's not mediocre in your head. You can see it very vibrantly. But you have to have these in order to communicate it effectively to the reader so that it is also vibrant to them and powerful and compelling to them. and creating emotion in them. Now, I'm sure this sounds really, really complicated the way that I'm explaining it, but it's really not, okay? If you have a step-by-step -step process for it, it's very straightforward and it's just a matter of planning each piece and then getting it into place as you write your story. And especially as all of you are writers anyway, I'm telling you, you'll pick it up really easily and master it really, really quickly. But the point is, um, if you include these elements in your book and you write this kind of story, you will almost immediately see an uptick in reads, in five-star reviews, in downloads, and of course, in royalties, okay? Because this is the way that you create a story that readers love. It will also bring those readers back to you so that they are, they are loyal to you. And it doesn't matter what genre you write, okay? That you can do this in any genre. You can even genre hop a little bit um, because writer or readers will know that you know how to write a story that really is compelling and that they love to read, no matter what the subject matter is. You are a master storyteller and they will read what you write, okay? So let's recap a little bit. I know I'm kind of in the way here. Um, <laughs> try to move that, there we go. Um, the elements then 
of writing this kind of story to get more reviews, more downloads, more royalties on every book you write, you need to understand your internal framework. You need to have a character transformation. You need to learn how to interweave the internal and the external effectively. And you need to use cause and effect specifically for your plot events, all right? So if you want help with this, this is what I teach inside the TPA membership, the Prolific Author membership. And you can check out any um, more details about it and pricing and everything at this link, bit.ly forward slash TPA member. Um, somebody told me that I did not actually tell you what the price was last, or it was two weeks ago, and I apologize for that. It's $59 a month, so it's a low monthly price. Um, you can cancel anytime. And for that, you actually get two different lessons every week. One of them is on story craft and one of them is a marketing tip. And I try to keep those so that you can implement them relatively easily in only a few hours a month at most, because we all know you need to be spending most of your time writing, but you get uh, two of those every month that you're in the membership. And you also get access to um, the backlog of tips and trainings that we've done before. Okay, so if that's something you're interested in. Uh, go ahead and check that out. I'm also in there doing live trainings and live implementation, which means I can answer your specific questions, look at your specific outline, look at your specific marketing and give you tips on it if that's something that you want and are interested in. Okay. So um, before we wrap up, is, are there any questions I can answer for you? Let me uh, bring up my chat here. Anything you are wondering, anything I can clarify? I'll give it a minute because there's a little bit of lag. I just put in a training into the membership about how to um, master your copy, meaning the words you use when you do your blurb or send an email or post on social media, how to master that copy um, in order to entice a reader to buy. So that's the uh, marketing that I just put in. And the next one we're gonna do is going to focus on the internal framework that I talked about today what it is, how to plan it, how to know what it is for your unique story, all of that. So that's what's coming up. All right, it doesn't look like we have too many questions. I'm not seeing any anyway. If you do have any questions that you think of later on, feel free to comment on this tab. Or if you are on my email list, you can email me with any questions. Um, if you're watching this, uh, not live, you're watching the replay, you can still put them in the comments and I will check back to see if there are any. Um, or any email I send you, you can just hit reply and send them to me that way. And I'd be happy to help you out any way that I can. So um, I hope this was helpful to you. And I hope it got you thinking about the kinds of things you need to incorporate into your stories in terms of how to craft them. And yeah, everybody just have a wonderful week of writing and I will see you soon. Bye. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, can you do me a solid and share it with other authors you think might benefit from it? Remember, the rising tide lifts all boats. Also, if you haven't yet, would you be willing to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts? It's the only way for me to know that you're enjoying the podcast, and it helps Apple recommend it to other authors like you who might benefit from it. Finally, if you haven't already, hop over and join the Prolific Author Community on Facebook. Inside, authors network, ask questions, and I often do teaching via Facebook Lives. Thank you so much for listening today. Happy story crafting this week. And remember, there is always a market for awesome.